heaven now. And the Bible says this in John chapter 15 verse 4. It says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches, Jesus said. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is he that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will. Everybody say, it will be done for me. One more time. It will be done for me. Everybody say, I receive it. Father, we receive it today in the name of Jesus that we can ask whatever we wish according to your kingdom purposes and it will be done for me. Father, we embrace heaven now here in this earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray and all God's people said, amen. Now, for the last time, what has the purpose of the series Abide been about? It's for us to become very familiar with the culture of heaven. Very familiar with the culture of heaven and so familiar with the culture of heaven that Jesus said in Matthew 6.10 that it says, My kingdom or culture come, my my will or culture be done on earth in your culture as it is in heaven, which is my culture. And so our purpose of the Abide series has been to get so accustomed with the kingdom and the culture of heaven that we recognize it, we realize it, and we walk in a new reality of it so that when we're operating in the realm of this earth but in the new reality of the kingdom of heaven, we can change the mountains of influence that we come in contact with on a daily basis. And as we come in contact with people, we're not out to just see people transformed by the power of God, but we're out to love people like never before because we got to remember this, people are never projects. When you walk into this church building, you're not a project for us to fix. You are a person that we get to love, and we get to show you the love of the Father. And that should give a believer no greater joy in any area of his life than to show somebody who is lost, hurt, broken, dying, has issues, has problems. To show them the love of the Father should give us some of the greatest joy ever in the history of our Christian walk. Do you agree with that? Say, I'm here. We want you to realize that you're not a project when you walk in, but we want to show you a place called home, and home is where the presence of the Father is, and where the presence of the Father is, His kingdom is, and so we want you to come into this kingdom that abides, and we want to start, we want you to have a moment with God, but we don't want it to just remain a moment. We want God to do something so amazing in a moment that you love it so much that it's just not something that happened in three weeks down the road, you're looking for another moment, but we want it to start in a moment, find out how the moment started, cultivate that culture in our life and when that moment started as we cultivate that culture it'll become a movement over the weeks months days and years and that's how we're going to change culture is not by having a moment but having a movement that abides and we begin to change culture because culture doesn't change overnight culture changes over a series of time frames and years and decades and 50 years from now down the road when TWBC has multiple campuses all over the world and God's doing an amazing thing and this church looks completely different because he's not anywhere close to being finished with us. Give me an amen. And he does amazing things. We're going to notice that we've changed the culture. Come on. We've changed the culture of the Northeast Texas area of cities around the world because the Bible says in Isaiah 64 verse 1, he give us, he's given us a commission to redeem the ruined cities, to build them new again, and to redeem the desolation of many generations. Amen? So we're not just out to change a city, we're out to change a region, we're out to transform generations, and we're going to do it with the power and the presence of God right here as we bring the kingdom of heaven to this earth. 
And so as we talked about last week, we talked about I'm um, moving forward, and we mentioned this phrase several times, can you trust him moving forward, and what you'll only be able to see looking back, and everybody say, I'm moving forward. Now, you don't act like you believe it. You act like you're moving forward into the bed and about to crash out again. Everybody say, I'm moving. moving. Say, I'm moving moving. forward Forward. into God's plans for my life. Hey, I'm not going to let you stay the same if you come to this church. I have actually had people tell me, Joel, I don't come to the Way Bible Church because if I go there, I'm forced to change. You don't let us stay the same. That should be a praise God, thank you Jesus, hallelujah. And I don't take that as a, as a criticism, I take that as a compliment because when you come into the presence of God, we're moving forward into the things of God, transformation will take place in the house of God and we're gonna see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, amen. And so you're moving forward. God's got something for you. It's time for the church to quit looking back and seeing what God's building, but move forward and to see what God's bringing us into. And so everybody say it one more time. I'm moving forward. forward. You're going to move forward this morning, but we must embrace the process of moving forward. The process, he's making us into more than us or making me into more than me. He's trying to make me like him. And that's big shoes to fill. Come on. If you're trying to fill God's shoes, those are pretty big shoes. And so he's trying to do more than make me me. He's trying to make me like him. And so when the moments seem too big, I'm going to trust his process moving forward. And a lot of us say we love the theory of multiplication and authority as we've talked about um, what, what you understand, you value, what you value, you steward, what you steward, you manage well, what you manage well, you multiply, and what you multiply, you have authority over. A lot of us love the concept of multiplication and authority, but we don't really like the process of getting there. So we must embrace God's process to get us there because in the situations that seem too big for us, he's making us into more than us. He's making us into like him. And so when mountains begin to move, he's making us like him. When we begin to walk on the water, he's making us like him. When the seas begin to part, he's making us like him. When we lay our hands on the sick and they immediately recover, he's making us like him. When we begin to just declare things by faith and the spirit of God moves and somebody's lives is transformed, he's making us like him. How many of you want to be like him? I'm ready to be like him in everything I say, think, and do, and it's going to become, it's going to come because I abide. And we talked about last week, I have strength for the moment because something happens in a moment, but moments turn to hours, so I got power for the hour, but hours turn into days, and days turns into week, and so I got anointing for the day, and so you got to realize in the moment, whatever it is, a crisis or a blessing, you have strength for the moment, power for the hour, and anointing for the day, and we want you to realize that you're going to walk in the anointing of God on a whole nother level, and how I bring heaven to earth in the day is what moves me forward. How I bring heaven to earth in the day is what moves me forward. When you get that call from the doctor, how you may bring heaven to earth in the day is what moves you forward. When you just get that uh, amazing bonus check from your work, everybody say amen. amen. Come on, I'm just seeing if you're with me. When you get that amazing bonus check from your work, how you, how, how you respond in the day is how God moves you forward. See, this is completely off script right here. When you, when you get a bonus at work... How you deal with that bonus check, come on, by giving God what's his, but then also being generous with it and then paying off debt. How you you deal with the moment in the day, how you bring heaven to earth in the day is what moves you forward. See, See, the parable of the talents wasn't a tragedy, it was a success story. How you deal with the moment is what moves you forward because God can say, he's he's becoming like me. And, And if we miss the moment... 
And we get this amazing bonus check from our work, but then just go get $100,000 more debt because of the bonus, then we didn't move forward in the day. That's not good stewardship, and we didn't really understand to the point where God wanted us to understand it, so we didn't multiply with what we had with the bonus. Instead, we squandered the bonus. And so we got to realize whatever the day is, whether it be crisis or blessing, how we respond in the moment, how we respond in the hour, how we respond for the day is what moves us forward into making us like him and to seeing the glory of God come. Everybody say me. I've got to get past me. I've got to get past me. And I'm going to clarify something as I go into this section. I've got to get past me, and what I want to clarify, this is not the past you and your pieces because they've already been surrendered to the presence of God. Amen? We already did that whole thing with the Lego table. I'm not talking about your past and your pieces. So we've got to get past us because we know that there's purpose in our pieces, we know there's power in our pieces, and we know there's promise in our pieces. And so we've already given our pieces over and surrendered them to the presence of God because when we surrender them to the presence of God, the principles of his word will bring our pieces into a place where there's promise in them and he's making all things work together, all pieces work together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. And that's what we see looking back on what God's doing, but we're not looking back anymore. Everybody say, I'm moving forward. We're moving forward into the things of God. So I'm not talking about your pieces. I'm not talking about the past. We've encountered the presence of God, and he's putting our pieces together. But if we're going to move forward, we got to get past me. And if we're going to transform cities and restore generations, it's going to be because an encounter with his presence that is greater than the presence that fixed your pieces. I'm going to say that one more time. If we're going to transform cities and restore generations, it is going to be because an encounter with his presence happens that is greater than his presence that just fixed your pieces. See, the presence that fixed your pieces is great, but that's not the presence that's strong enough to transform cities and restore generations. It restored a person, but we must have a greater encounter with his presence so we can begin to transform cities and generation, not just have be transformed in our pieces. I'm talking about moving forward in your life. You should, you should desire a greater presence from God than just the presence that fixed your pieces. That assembled you together. That, that, that made your pieces come together and now you say, oh, I see what God could do with all my messed up pieces. If that's the only presence of God we desire, we're not transforming cities and changing generations because that's going to take a greater presence to encounter to do that. And some of us are satisfied with just our pieces getting fixed. And if you're satisfied with just your pieces getting fixed and coming together, then, then really you're living a selfish Christianity. Everybody say, I know. Don't, don't lose me here. If that's all we desire is just enough presence to make my life good, that's a, that, that, I don't even know if I can qualify that as Christianity. Because as a believer, our heart should not be for ourselves. because I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but it's Christ that lives within me. I should want my pieces fixed so I can help somebody else get their pieces fixed. Jesus never did one thing in this earth that that would say, hey, God, do this miracle so, so my life can be better. He left heaven so your life could be better. And so we must leave the comfort of just our pieces and presence, that, the presence that fixed our pieces to see somebody else's life get better and move forward in the power of God. And so we must desire a greater presence from the Father than the presence that fixed our pieces. It's going to encounter us. It, it, it is an encounter moving forward that will transform the future of our lives. I want to have such an encounter with God today that it transforms my tomorrow. Tomorrow. 
I want to have such an encounter with his presence today that it, that, that it changes my tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I'm hungering for him. I'm craving him. I'm desiring such an encounter with the glory of God today that it changes my future tomorrow. And it brings me moving forward where I can't go back. And I'm not just satisfied with what I got today. But when I encounter the presence of God that will transform my tomorrow, then I'm going to begin to press forward into the things of God. So we must encounter a presence so great that it will begin to not just fix us, but transform our tomorrow. And to, the, to experience his presence in that way that will transform our tomorrow, we've got to be willing to experience the uncomfortableness of his presence. Now, now some of y'all are confused by that. We've got to be willing to experience the uncomfortableness of his presence. I'm going to say it again because I, I need this point to set in. We've got to be willing to experience the uncomfortableness of his presence. The uncomfortableness is this. Number one, fear of what I do not understand. Number two, knowledge of, that I do not have. We've got to be willing to understand, uh, embrace, and encounter with the uncomfortableness of his presence. Even if there's something God shows up and does that I don't understand fully at this moment, I've got to be willing to embrace what he's doing at a greater level. And I've got to be willing to overcome that fear and the uncomfortableness of his presence that I haven't walked into before. I've got to be willing to embrace that God is moving in a way I've never seen him move before. And Joel's flesh may be a little uncomfortable. Come on now. But I'm going to embrace what he's doing because we're in the presence of a place called home where his spirit is, where the Father abides, where the kingdom of heaven is cultivated and happening here. I've got to be willing to get past my fear of what I do not understand about his presence. And when we begin to embrace that moving forward, God says, I'll give you an encounter today that will transform your tomorrow. I've got to be willing to, to let God make me a little uncomfortable, a lot uncomfortable with his presence. If I'm going to have an encounter today that will transform my tomorrow. And in this, what I do not understand about his presence, I've got to be willing to embrace it. See, we've got over... Gosh, 12 different denominations of people represented in this church who have come from other churches and other places, all the way from Catholic to Pentecostal, from Lutheran to Baptist to from Methodist to, to, to Church of Christ, and, and, we've all, and several of us, we've all congregated in this one place. And so we all got a different ideal of what his presence should be like and how it should manifest. But I'm not so concerned about my ideals of how his presence should manifest. I want him to manifest his presence even if I don't understand it. Am I willing to be a little bit uncomfortable to walk into a newness of his presence that is so great today it will transform my tomorrow? I've got to be willing to surrender some of this flesh that Joel has. I've got to be willing to, to lay it down when God begins to move in his spirit and it's off script for me. <laughs> Come on. Y'all, I... I, I, I always say I'll never say this. I'm just preaching to myself. I know I'm preaching to you, but, but this, this affects me the exact same way it affects you. Okay? When his spirit begins to move in a way that, that, that I didn't have scripted or it was uncomfortable for me, am I going to let it go, even if I don't understand what's going on in the moment, to have an encounter with God today that I've never had that will change my tomorrow? Amen. Yeah. Am I willing to embrace it? And also, knowledge of, of that, that I do, knowledge that I do not have. If God's going to move in the year 2016 like he's never moved before, he's going to have to do something he's never done. 
We always pray, God, move like you've never moved before. Well, then he's going to have to do something he's never done before, and I've got to be willing to have, uh, let him move even if I don't have knowledge of about how he's moving. I've got to trust his spirit and his presence, not just what I know. I've got to be willing to, to, to embrace the uncomfortableness of his presence, even if it changes me, because if he's changing me, he's changing me to make me like him. And, and, and listen, there's tons of biblical examples about this. We're going to get into it next week with the quest. I'm setting you up. <laughs> this whole message is a setup. I'm, just going to, I'm not trying to pull one over. It's a setup for the glory of God to show up. And so in this, we've got to begin to understand that when Moses went up on the mountain and the presence and the glory of God fell on him, so great he came down, his face was glowing. All the people said, Moses, cover yourself because the glory of God is too bright on you. Moses had to have an encounter with God that would change his tomorrow. But all the other people said, hide the glory. We're not used to this level of presence. They didn't want to walk in what they didn't understand. And they didn't want to walk in of something they did not have knowledge of. So they regressed back in fear. And we cannot be that church in, this, in, in today's society. We must embrace the uncomfortableness of his presence, even if I don't understand it. Even if I don't have knowledge of it, am I going to embrace him moving forward? I mean, I want God to do something through me. But I can't say God do something through me, but I'm not changing anything. I've got to embrace the uncomfortableness of his presence. And we must begin to realize that God desires to move, but he's going to move in a way that, 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 that may not be scripted even for TWBC. And that's scary. Because nothing's ever really scripted. We're known for saying we're going to do something a little bit different today, right? But even doing something a little bit different today, why, are we going to embrace the Spirit of God? Because sometimes you've got to realize miracles are messy. Sometimes you've got to realize miracles are messy. You've got to go to somebody and touch somebody and, and, and be with them in a way that you've never been with them before, and miracles can be messy. Not just physically messy where Jesus spit on the ground and made mud and put them in somebody's eyes and they began to see again. It was a physical mess, but sometimes miracles can be messy, okay? And, and are we going to get into somebody's mess with the anointing of God so he can assemble their pieces so they have an encounter with him today that will change their tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. Am I willing to get into somebody else's mess? Now, let's clarify. I didn't say somebody else's biz mess. Not business, biz mess. All right, I'm not willing to get into their business, or their mess, but I am willing to get into their life enough with the anointing of God that it'll change them, even if it makes me uncomfortable with how God's wanting to change them. I don't know why Jesus said, hey, I'm going to spit on the ground, I'm going to make mud and put it in your eye, but I'm sure the blind guy was like, what? And see, a lot of people want to see when they're blind, but I didn't want to have the miracle happen that way. There's encounters all through the Bible like that. And so miracles can be messy sometimes. And are you willing to get your hands a little bit dirty? Encounter his presence today in a way that will change your tomorrow. Listen, are we willing to embrace what we do not understand about his presence? Revival isn't always pretty. <laughs> revival ain't always pretty. We, have, we all have this preconceived notion of what we think revival would look like. Some of you from your Pentecostal background think revival is just eight-hour meetings all night long from sundown to sunup where you don't stop running and you got to still go to work. But we're going with the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, right? Y'all, hey, I've been in Pentecostal backgrounds. Come on. I got Pentecostal friends, and I love them. 
They, 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 these things go down, man. And as some of us from our Baptist or Methodist heritage, if it lasts over an hour, oh, Lord Jesus. The power of God fell. We were here for an hour and two minutes. And ain't nothing happened. Just because it went long doesn't mean his presence fell. Some of us go long just for the sake of going long. And we've got to realize revival isn't always pretty. And if it's true revival from God, are we going to embrace something that may be a little uncomfortable? Such as true revival is when the power of God hits here. You go to Walmart and you just start laying your hands on sick people. That's revival to me. And they start getting well. Or you walk out of here and you go to the restaurant and you realize that the person you're, who, who's waiting on you, you can just tell that there's a, a heavy spirit about them and you stop and pray for them in the midst of everybody looking around. Even all your friends that go to other churches who think you're crazy now for being at this church, but I'm going to experience his presence today and encounter him today in a way that will change my tomorrow and somebody else's tomorrow. And so are we willing to embrace that uncomfortableness? And, and, and let, me, let me give you a secret here. Freedom ministry isn't always quiet okay well we try to do a very good job at this church of when people get set free of making it where it doesn't freak everybody out okay but sometimes freedom ministry isn't quiet when jesus walked up to the demonic he wasn't being quiet okay all the people freaked out because they encountered his presence today in a way that changed their tomorrow and so are, are we going to embrace his presence at such a level where we're okay with miracles being messy, revival that, that, that is actually legit, and, and also that freedom ministry that we don't have to say, you got to just be quiet about it. Because listen, when somebody gets set free, they're free. And in the process of getting them free, there's a war going on. I've never heard of somebody say, let's go have war, but nobody, nobody makes sound. Right? When you go to war, there's planes flying, bombs going off, everything's happening. We want to see people set free, but are we willing to get in the mess of the war and encounter his presence in a way today that will transform our tomorrow? Uh, when the glory shows up, I'm telling you, I'm setting you up for what's going to come. And, and, and I, I need you to be prepared for when this begins to happen so you can embrace the presence of God even when it makes me uncomfortable. When it makes Joel uncomfortable. Will I embrace the presence of God to such an extent that I let him move in the realm and the facet and in the amount of power that he wants to? And when he begins to move and his glory begins to show up because we've abided in the kingdom, there's going to be a release, a release of his power. And I want to leave you, I want to tell you this phrase, we all release the nature of the world we are most aware of into the world around us. Okay? We all release the nature of the world we are most aware of into the world around us. We all release the nature of the world we're most aware of into the world around us. What that means is if you are so accustomed to this world, you're releasing whatever is in this world into the world around you. But if you're so accustomed to his world, the kingdom of God, if you're so aware of it, you're releasing that into the world around you. And we got to begin to understand what are we releasing into the world around us. And we will always release into the world around us the, 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 what we're most comfortable with or what we're most aware of. And this is where we've been all series. It is to, we, we must begin to see the kingdom or culture of heaven come on this earth the way that it is in heaven. And listen, when heaven culture comes, this is what happens in the culture of heaven. When it shows up in a place that's broken on this earth, this is what happens. Healings take place. People are cleansed. 
delivered and empowered, and those who were once lost now have a place to call home. But what we, what the world we're most aware of around us is what we release into the world that we're in. Some of us are way too aware of what goes on on the television station and way too unaware of what's happening on God's station. Some of us are way too aware of what happens on Facebook and YouTube and everything else and very unaware of what happens in the kingdom culture. We must begin to realize that the the world that we're, we're most aware of is the one we release into the world around us. And so we got to begin to understand that if we're going to change and we're going to see things happen, we must become more aware of who God is and his world than what we're going through in this world. And this is going to become how have we been stewarding his presence. It's how we react in the moment. How you react in the moment is what you, when you realize what world you've been abiding in more. When the job comes and, and the call comes that you lost your job, how you react in the moment will show you what world you've been abiding in more. I'll never forget the day that my dad came home and told my mom that, that, hey, I lost my job today. I no longer have an income. It is done as of today. And her response was, well, all right, we'll see what God has for us next. Didn't freak out. Didn't have a holy terror World War 15 in your house. Very calmly. She said, we'll see what God has for us next. Apparently, she was very aware of the world of heaven and where she was abiding and so the circumstances of the world didn't bother her, but she released a little bit of heaven into the earthly situation in that moment. The world you are most aware of is the one you release into the world around you. How you rise in the moment of his presence is the start of the multiplication process. We, we've, we've talked about that, and it gets you to authority. And, and I always hear people say this, Joel, I just wish everyone would get saved. I just wish everyone would get saved. That's not going to fix anything. Let me tell you why. Because all of you are born again, and and if you laid a list of all your issues, being saved hasn't really helped. Some some of them, if y'all could see your faces, some of y'all are firing mad at me right now. But here's the thing. Being born again was your encounter, and it was great, but because you didn't abide in it, nothing's really transformed. Now you're just a saved mess, not just a mess. You know I'm right. You know I'm right. Now you're just a saved mess. So everybody who always says, oh, I just wish our whole city would get saved. Why? Then we just have a lot of saved judgmental people, not just judgmental people. See, I wish everybody in our city would experience the power and the glory of the Father in his presence so strongly that it doesn't just get them saved. It causes a life change to happen, and they begin to seek after his presence in such a way that it'll, they'll seek him today and have an encounter today that will change the way they operate tomorrow. See, it's not just about, oh, if our whole city could get saved, and God will save whole cities. Come on. It's in the Bible. Whole cities will come to Christ. Even Nineveh, the most ungodly city of that day and age, came to Christ or came to the glory of God, I should say, because Christ hadn't appeared, but, but with Jonah. And he was even rebellious in his, in his movement going forward. But it wasn't, because, it wasn't because everybody just got saved, their city became great. It's because they made a transformation. They went and repented, and what I've talked about repentance, it's not just forgiveness of sin and changing your mind. It's a new way of thinking. 
And so my prayer is for our whole city to get saved, but not because we just have a great preach fest. It's because the glory shows up that doesn't just get them saved. It's such an encounter that it transforms their tomorrow. And so now they're not just a saved mess, but they're saved, born again, and they become a true message of the Father. I'm talking a whole new level of thinking here. A whole new way of thinking in your life. Are we willing to embrace this presence and an encounter in such a way that will change the world we live in? I'm going to close with this. And I want you to live aware. Live aware. Because we started out this message with, i got to get past me and i got to be willing to embrace the comfort- uncomfortableness of his presence for him to move in a way that he's never moved before in my life. And, and so I begin to change, but I'm going to embrace even what I don't know and even what's uncomfortable. So I've got to get past me. And then we just talked about what are we going to, re- once we get past me, what are we going to release into the world? Because if we're asking for a transformation so great today that it changes us tomorrow, there's got to be release and we must become very aware of this world because the world we're most aware of, we must begin to, re- we, what is what we release into the world. So we got to begin to live aware, live aware of the spirit of God in us. When we live like that, we're much more inclined to know when his presence is released from us. When we live with an awareness of the Spirit of God in us, we're much more inclined to know when there's a release of His presence from us. Okay? There's always stories in this church when we, people lay their hands on people and they get healed and God changes their life. And it's different. And one person says, I just felt like heat radiating from my hands. And the other person says, I felt heat go through my whole body from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And it rested in that certain part of their back that was actually hurting. I mean, we've got testimonies like that that take place all the time in this church. And in that, if we live with an awareness of the Spirit of God in us, we're much more able to be aware when the presence of God is released from us. Jesus had this encounter, and it's in Mark 30, verse 30 and Mark 5, 30 and 31. And it says that once Jesus realized that power had gone out of him, or presence had been released from him. And he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And the disciples said, you see people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you asked, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Because he was so aware of the kingdom of God in him that he knew there was a, when there was a release from him. I don't live in quite that awareness yet. I'm not up here saying I've arrived. But I am saying for sure that I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm going I'm to get there. I'm moving forward. I want an encounter today that's going to change my tomorrow. I'm going to begin to operate in that. But I must begin to be very aware of the presence of God in me so there can be a release of it when it leaves. Because when there's a release of God's presence and a transformation begins to take place, Jesus is wanting to bring glory to it so it changes not just the person who it was released into, but it changes the crowd that got to witness it. See, God wants to show his glory in such a way. But if he's going to do that, Joel has to get past his own stereotypes and religions of how God's going to move. I've got to get past my stereotypes, okay? Some of our stereotypes are literally, we sit where we sit and we watch people, some lift their hands, and you're like, I don't know why they do that. That's your stereotype of your religion that you call Christianity. I've got to get past my stereotypes. If I'm ever going to experience a release of God, 
in a way. When, when I see people do things that I think are absolutely crazy out of their mind, and I'm like, what in the world are they doing? But then I see the result of it on the other end. There had to be a release of the presence of God that Joel wasn't aware of. This is how some people can come into a building and experience the presence of God, hit them so hard that their life is transformed, and somebody else say, what's for lunch? Because we don't live aware. I've got to change the stereotypes of my own religion, of Joel's religion, if I'm going to be aware of the release of the power and the presence of God that God wants to do. I mean, I read some of the stories in the Old Testament, and I'm like, why you got to deal with Moses throwing his rod on the ground and it becoming a snake and you picking it back up? And why couldn't you just say Moses? <laughs> right? I got to get rid of my stereotypes. I don't know why God chose to do it that way. But I trust his presence and how he did it. But still in that, there, there's so much religion in Joel's life that he's got to get rid of if there's going to be a true authentic release of the power of God that I can live in and be aware of so glory gets brought to his name. If that's going to happen, I've got to get past my stereotypes because if I don't, I find myself in the exact same seat as the Pharisees did when Jesus came to this earth and he was doing an authentic movement of the gospel, bringing the kingdom of God into this earth because he said the kingdom of God is at hand and everything he touched changed and was transformed. He was doing such an authentic work of the kingdom of God that the Pharisees, the most educated of the scriptures, didn't understand it because they couldn't get past their own stereotypes of what they thought a movement or the glory of God should look like. And if I can't embrace what is an authentic movement of God because I trust the presence of God in this place, then I realize I'm already over here in the seat of a Pharisee that has great knowledge of the word but will not let his presence move past my own knowledge. And, and, and I will even confess this before the church. There have been times when I have been uncomfortable in his presence that I didn't let him move the way he wanted to because it surpassed my knowledge and I didn't think... That it should be done that way. And, and I ask for your forgiveness on that. Because there's going to be a day in heaven that I stand accountable for that day of his presence wanting to show up. That I didn't step into it the way I should have. Because my knowledge base wasn't enough. And I trusted my knowledge more than I trusted his presence. But, but no longer because I'm moving forward. And I'm going to trust his presence more than my knowledge, even if his presence supersedes my knowledge to the place that I don't understand what he's doing right now. But I'm going to embrace it because I know what his voice and his presence sound like. And if he says go, I'm going to go because i got to believe I'm either going to walk on the water or it's going to split. One of two things is going to happen. But I'm going out there. And there must be that resolve in a believer's life that says, I'm going out there. I'm going to go into his presence. Even if I don't understand it really to the fullest, I'm, I'm going. I'm moving. I can't stay the same. I'm embracing who he is. And when we begin to embrace that kind of life, that kind of living, what begins to happen on this earth is heaven now. When we begin to embrace that style of living, heaven now begins to happen. See, heaven now isn't just something that we want to show up. It's going to show up in a moment, but if it doesn't stay and create a movement, we missed it. So am I willing to be uncomfortable in his presence? And everybody in the sermon says, yeah, I'm willing to be uncomfortable until it gets uncomfortable. 
right? Until yeah. four or five people just fall out on the side and everybody starts freaking out and calling 911 when it ain't not. It, it, it's, not it's not that. We got this. We got staff and leaders and elders trained. We got this. When, when, when there are times in a worship service, and this has happened, when, when the demonic begins to rise up in somebody because the presence of God is, is there. We try to let it not disturb you. And we bring them to a place in the church where we can do true freedom ministry. But if it so happens that it's in the middle of the section and we can't get them out, don't you run out because the presence of God has shown up and made you a little uncomfortable. I mean, I'm telling you. I mean, I'm telling you things to come. I'm doing it. Y'all got to get with me on this. Some of y'all are, are going to be on your ride home thinking, I don't even know we're going to SummerSlam tonight. I'm telling you things to come. I'm telling you, we live in a day where we need a powerful movement of God with a demonstration of the Spirit's power like never before because we got plenty of good preachers, but we do have a lack of a demonstration of the power of the Spirit like we've never experienced in a long time in the history of the United States and around the world. It's time for the Spirit to be able to move and change even when Joel's uncomfortable or doesn't have knowledge about it. And I'm going to need a church to stand by me as it happens. Because when... The days come and crutches are all across the front because people walked out. Amen. How are you going to celebrate it? How are you going to embrace it? You can get in on the presence. Or you can let your uncomfortableness keep you on the outside. And you'll become pharisaical and question the movement of God. But if we are wanting to see heaven now because we abide in his presence... Are we willing to get rid of our religious stereotypes to let it happen? And mine included. You don't understand how bad this message freaks me out. Because you know what? When, 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 a, when something goes off like that, you get 50 phone calls the next day trying to explain it. Trying to see it, tell them what happened. How do you explain what you don't even know happened? Power of God showed up and people changed. That's all out physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, every way they change. And I'm willing to embrace however that looks. Because miracles are sometimes messy. Revival isn't always pretty. And freedom ministry isn't always silent. I'm ready for the Spirit of God to come. I'm setting you up. I'm setting you up for a quest. Where we're going to the glory of God. Stand with me this morning. Ministers come. Worship team come. I don't even know how to have an altar call. Just let God do what he's going to do. I mean, as they're praying, man, just, I want more. That's all I've been praying lately is more God, more God. Just pray with me. Close your eyes for a second. God, let a great grace rest upon our church that helps us trust you in what we don't understand and what we haven't experienced. God, help us trust you. Trust you so much to the point this morning, God, that we'll step forward and say, God, me to get past me it's time for me to get past me father this morning i pray that you help joel get past joel and let me embrace their presence even when it's uncomfortable sometimes because i don't know how to explain it because i'm worried about what people are going to think i'm worried about what yeah god give me a grace on my life that helps me embrace who you are
and become all you've called me to become. Church, that's my prayer. That's my altar call. That's where I'm at this morning. With every eye closed and every head bowed, will you let his presence transform your life right here this morning? So much so that you'll make Jesus not just Savior but Lord because you can be saved and you can be a saved mess. But when Lordship comes in, oh, everything begins to change.